on episode 351 of the YLP podcast, NXT Vengeance Day has come and gone, and we finally get to discuss the event that went down last Saturday night in Charlotte, North Carolina. For the first time in many, many moons, NXT went on the road to put on technically still a takeover, but they didn't call it a takeover, if you, you understand what I'm saying, all right? I'm just saying, I'm calling it a takeover, but they call it Vengeance Day. But either way, that is what's going to be on the docket this week, man. I'm telling y'all, this show, this show was an absolute banger from beginning to end. And we're going to discuss all the matches that went down, a couple of things, details-wise, and maybe we might get into a bit of the news of the week. Not too much, you know, we're trying to get back into the swing of things. We're not trying to do too much all in one foul swoop. I mean, mind you, this is the second episode back into the fold to Resolatic Radio, and I don't want to, you know, overexert myself or gas myself out before we get back into the swing of things, and I'm at my full power, if you will. Dragon Ball Z fans know exactly what I'm talking about, but yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all already know what it is. It is Saturday, February 11, 2023. And um, it's been a while since I've actually put this uh, little catchphrase out there. But it feels good. It feels good. I'm feeling the vibes today. But y'all know what it is. And I think y'all want to say it with me because um, this is episode 351 of the YLP podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here, and welcome to episode 351 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this lovely Saturday, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode, do not hesitate to hit your boy up with a nice little voice message over at anchor.fm slash younglionsperspective, or you can hit me up with an email. Hit me up at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. We'll get into the other particulars at the end of today's episode, but it is Saturday, February 11th, almost at 20-something. 11th, 2023. Hope you guys' week was fantastic. First and foremost, I gotta say thank you guys so much for checking out episode 350 from last week. And, um, just wanted to make sure I put that out there and let y'all know how what happened, what was going on with me from my hiatus. And much love to all y'all who actually checked it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you check that out first. Then you can check out this episode afterwards and just make a whole day out of it. But anyway, let us get right down to some business because we got a little bit of news of the week not a full on this isn't no it's not a full on episode now in terms of format for the podcast going forward I'm still trying to figure that out as I go but 
for the time being. Luckily, the last couple of weeks have made it much easy, much easier, I should say, to get back into the swing of things. Of course, talking about the Royal Rumble. And this week, we will be discussing NXT Vengeance Day that went down last Saturday night. And oh man, I had a good time enjoying this entire show. Well, we can talk about that right now. But let's talk a little bit of let's talk about a little bit of news before we get into the swing of things. Mainly, the big news that came out of the pro wrestling world: Jerry Lawler um, had reportedly suffered a stroke uh, just a few days ago, and uh, this is definitely something that we need to discuss just for a brief moment, if we can. But let's go over to FoxNews.com, which is not usually a site I actually fine for professional wrestling news but it just happened to be there so let us get to a little bit of the news of the week shall we jerry lawler on the mind of pro wrestling world as he reportedly suffered a stroke this is from ryan gatos the pro wrestling world pulled together to offer prayers for wwe legend jerry lawler who's reportedly suffered a stroke at his florida home and was rushed to the hospital lawler suffered the medical incident in fort myers on monday and the 73-year-old underwent surgery and was reco- had, had, is recovering in the hospital. I don't know why that was, but that's a whole thing I am going to discuss. According to multiple reports, Fox News Digital reached out to WWE for comment. Lawler appeared on the 30th anniversary of Monday Night Raw last month and reprised his, reprised his role as commentator. Fans of Lawler took to social media to offer their prayers for the wrestler known as The King. Paul Orndorff saying, quote, Hey folks, it's been reported that Jerry Lawler was rushed to the hospital for a medical emergency, possible stroke. Please keep King in your thoughts and prayers. Rick Flair saying, we're praying for you, Jerry Lawler. Dave Meltzer, hoping the best for Jerry Lawler. Matt Hardy saying, thinking about you and wishing you all the best. The original Gata, pulling out those prayers and healing vibes for Jerry Lawler. Ricky Borton saying, I hope my friend is going to be okay. Love you, Jerry. Brian Alvarez saying, continued best wishes for Lawler. Lawler's issues. Lawler's had health issues in the past. He suffered a stroke in 2018 and a heart attack while broadcasting live in 2012. The infamous heart attack uh, that went down during Monday Night Raw. And holy shit, that was a whole mood and definitely not a vibe. But we shall continue on. The Memphis native got his start in a squared circle in 1970 and quickly won the National Wrestling Alliance Southern Tag Team Championship with Jim White. In 74, he won the NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship. He went on. He would continue to build up his reputation in the wrestling world. He'll perform in the Continental Wrestling Association, American Wrestling Association, World Class Championship Wrestling, and a few others before finally landing with WWE in the early 90s, which was then known as the World Wrestling Federation. He also had a big feud with Andy Kaufman in between those years. And if y'all don't remember that feud, I would suggest y'all go take a, back, take a look back into that. Because that shit, that feud was absolutely one of the most hilarious feuds in the history of professional wrestling. It was just absolutely fantastic. But um, we move on. Lawler would later reveal the two were actually good friends and the feud was staged. Of course it was. It's professional wrestling. Why wouldn't they? Lawler wrestled in WWE, but for those who turned in during the company's Attitude Era, he was on the broadcast with Jim Ross. The duo became the voices of an integral part of the time in which WWE, WWF would feud with World Championship Wrestling. Of course, this, that being the Monday Night Wars. Lawler then would be with WWE full-time in various positions until his heart attack in 2012. 
He would return to broadcasting later that year and would later make periodic appearances after that. Now, of course, following any type of situation in terms of any uh, member of the professional wrestling community, regardless of who it is, you may hate, you may love, it is still very nice and very wonderful that even though the IWC more often than not are a bunch of damn goons and goofies who don't know how to get their shit together and who say the most nonsensical things on the on, on the Twitter sphere and I, I'm trying very hard to lessen my you know Twitter feed listening to it is really wonderful to see the collective come together and be able to simply pour their hearts out for a legend like like a Jerry Lawler I mean it's a very fantastic thing to see um and Jerry Lawler is one of those dudes that I mean even for me as like a teenager we all learned what puppies were and I'm not talking about the nice little floofy kinds. I'm talking about something completely different on the anatomy. But you can figure that out for yourself. And if you haven't, well, ask a friend. They'll tell you that, you know, during that time. But for me personally, um, as a person who literally was raised in, in terms of professional wrestling by the Attitude Era, um, going into the Ruthless Aggression Era, of course, the Attitude Era is very special to me. Um, it's one of those eras where they pretty much like put a lot of thought into storylines and really, you know, gave you something to hang on to many cliffhangers every single week um, with, of course, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler being a, a very integral part of the entirety of the Attitude Era. I don't think there would be an, would have been a better duo um, during that era in WWE um, like those two. I mean, Jim Ross definitely was just a wonderful babyface commentator and Jerry King Lawler was a tween. I would say personally, he was a tweener, but I can understand. Um, at times he would be a heel commentator. Of course, when triple H was the, uh, the world heavyweight champion in the early two thousands. Um, and of course, you know, Jim Ross saying, you know, he's a no good, lousy bastard, no good, lousy son of a bitch. <laughs> he's no good bastard. And that's all he is. But, Seriously, I mean, it's, it's it's never a good thing when we hear about, you know, especially with Virgil, what's going on with, with, uh, with him and his health issues. And then we hear about Jerry Lawler again. Um, it really. I really, 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 it really stinks um, to have heard about that. But the, again, to see the outpouring of love and just respect um, for someone like Jerry Lawler is very wonderful to see. And I'm very happy that he is recovering and um, getting on the men right now. So it's going to be fun. It's hopefully, you know, he recovers very soon. And on behalf, of course, of WrestleLadic Radio, Jerry the King Lawler, get well soon, my brother, and take all the time you need to get yourself right because it is very, very important um, to get your health right and get yourself together and all those good things. At least for me, from the YLP universe, for myself, Miss YLP and Mr. YLP Jr., we are sending all the love and good vibes your way, uh, the king. And uh, we hope you get uh, well soon and uh, back to doing what you love, which is, uh, you know, talking about puppies, enjoying wrestling and every once in a while showing up to WWE to make an appearance. But we shall continue on. I got one more bit of a little bit of a little bit of news before we get into the fun bits of uh, NXT Vengeance Day as we head over to comicbook.com. Update on WWE allowing NXT wrestlers to work independent promotions. Now, I'm sure some of y'all may have, you know, heard about this news. But if you haven't, we're going to talk about it right now. This is from Connor Casey. Let me take a little bit of sip of water, actually. 
White grape peach is the flavor of the week, and it is damn good. The Wrestling Observer's Brian Alvarez dropped a report on Saturday afternoon claiming a massive policy change within WWE's developmental system. Alvarez tweeted that the company was going to start letting members of the NXT roster work with independent promotions, something virtually unheard of outside of the now-defunct Evolve promotion. It was later confirmed that Ivy Nile of Diamond Mine had been booked for Reality of Wrestling, which is Booker T's Houston-based promotion, uh, show on February 11th, which is actually today. Shawn Michaels then stated during the post-show press conference following NXT Vengeance Day last Saturday night that no bookings had been confirmed beyond Niles' row appearance, claiming this was a one-time deal. Michael saying, quote, As of right now, that was honestly a one-shot deal. Booker has obviously been very good to us here. It was something that he asked, and we obviously wanted to help him out with that. As of right now, there is no talk of any of that, to my knowledge. Right now, that was just us helping Booker out with the show and doing what we could to see if we could help, end quote. Dave Meltzer then reported on Wrestling Observer Radio that Michael's statement was technically true, but that the company is already talking with other promotions, saying, quote, I will try to explain it. Ivy now will be working a show in a couple of weeks for Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. Right now, Reality of Wrestling, because of Booker T, it's not. Shawn Michaels actually said it's a one-time thing. From what I understand, regarding Reality of Wrestling goes, they expect to get some NXT stars from time to time. Brian had put in a tweet, and Brian is basically correct, that there are several other companies that have been talked to with the idea that they may be able to get NXT stars. But the Booker T thing has to go well. If it goes well, there are other companies, and I think they're targeting companies that have good relationships with AEW and see what they can do. That's part of it, of course, too. They would be willing to send, in theory, NXT talent to some independents that maybe companies have been talked to, whether it ends up happening or not. We don't no. This is a very, 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 very fantastic bit of news for y'all to actually sink your teeth into, honestly. Um, it is very wonderful to see that, especially with what happened with Shinsuke, uh, being able to go to Japan and compete in Pro Wrestling Noah's uh, New Year's Day show against the Great Muda, as right now the Muda is on his... Uh, you know, farewell tour at the moment. And honestly, WWE, you missed out on one hell of an opportunity to get the Great Muda in the Royal Rumble. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Great Muda at the Royal Rumble would not only have been one of uh, one of the biggest pops in the night, it would have been the pop of the night. I mean, Great Muda's a fucking legend. You know what I mean? So, but that's neither here nor there. But to see, you know, WWE actually allowing their talent to go, you know, overseas, like Shinsuke going in pro wrestling Noah, and seeing other talent, you know, allowing NXT stars to actually go to independent companies. Um, I think this would be very, very. This is, this is hopefully, excuse me. Hopefully, this will kind of be reality wrestling becomes what Evolve was for WWE, which is basically a feeder promotion, which was kind of be like your um, your double A ball club in a sense. Uh, Evolve was basically double A and basically like the, the of course talents like uh, Josh Briggs, Austin Theory uh, come to mind immediately when I think of Evolve. Um, and they came up from Evolve to NXT. Uh, what I'm hoping for this opportunity is, especially if Ivy now does does well, and I think, you know, she's one of the, you know, up and comers in NXT, I think I will do a very, very, very good service for themselves. Um, 
is that if this goes well and other independent promotions see that and think, you know what? We may, maybe we can, you know, get a couple NXT talents to come into the fold and do some shows, you know, for us. Um, I'm not exactly sure which independent companies. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, PWG. I'm thinking, you know, Defy Wrestling in the Northwest. I'm thinking because I'm because I'm. I live out in Colorado. For those of y'all that didn't know, I am in the Centennial State. Uh, hi, how you doing? Shout out to all my Colorado folks. And, you know, maybe Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling, which we have out here in Denver, which I haven't surprisingly watched yet on Twitch. And I kind of really want to get into that and see what that's all about and see what see what kind of talent they got over there. But um, that's neither here nor there right now. But, you know, Texas Pro Wrestling, uh, New Texas Pro Wrestling uh, in Texas, also, you know, very big deal out there. Um so there's and, and of course, y'all know there's plenty of independent promotions across the country. And I'm sure if all goes well with this, with uh, reality of wrestling and Ivy now doing the damn thing, as I know, I think she will be able to do. This will be a big opportunity for WWE to have their talent branch out and maybe some who don't get as much of an opportunity on who are, are on TV as much. Maybe they'll be able to branch out. Maybe you may see a soul Ruka. In uh, a different promotion, maybe you'll see, you know, Electric Lopez, um, talent like that, you know, maybe like, you know, they're not right, not fully on TV yet. You're starting to get their appearances. Um, the opportunity, this is a really, really huge opportunity, I think, for NXT. Because if it all goes well with that, and then other independent promotions they're beginning to talk to, you know, jump on board. I'm starting to think maybe this might be a little bit of a feeder system across the board and not just, you know, reality of wrestling as a whole. Maybe, maybe, just maybe this could be an entire little branching system in which, you know, talent from other, you know, independent promotions can maybe come into the fold. Do maybe do some one-off appearances like uh, Juice and Thunder Lager did uh, back a few years ago when he faced Tyler Breeze to go take over Brooklyn. I think this is, like I said, this is a huge opportunity for WWE and NXT as a whole to really make something out of this. Again, I mean, the worst case scenario doesn't work out and, you know, they still got their thing. But if it, if it works out and I'm, you know, being quite the optimist in this case, um, I would love to see it happen. I would love to see this being a really big thing going forward. And I really would love to see nothing more than, you know, NXT talent, maybe who aren't on TV yet or are on TV, get some run in the inside from outside promotions. You know, maybe begin that, you know, bridge building, beginning that kind of bridge building. And maybe, like I said, talent from those promotions maybe come into the fold because you all know damn well I would love to see a Brian Keith in NXT. But that's just me. That's just me. If y'all don't know who Brian Keith is, A, where the hell have y'all been? And B, um... Man, man is sponsored by uh, Swisher House. Uh, for those of y'all uh, that love y'all, some Slim Thug, Mike Jones, and Paul Wall, baby. Yeah, that's Swisher House right there. Um, but <laughs> but seriously, I would mean, this this is a really good opportunity for NXT to begin building bridges that maybe they weren't able to do so under the tutel under the no, I was about to say the tutelage under the thumb of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Um. Because I personally would just love to see it. I personally would love nothing more than to see NXT talent who maybe aren't... Because they got a lot of talent over there. Especially for the NIL people who are coming into the fold. Um, this would be an opportunity for them to maybe get some run. Uh, once they kind of get their you know their feet wet in the promotion. Um, but like talent like maybe like a Tatum Paxley, a Javier Bernal. 
I'm trying to think of names right now in my head. I'm re- nothing's really coming. Uh, Idris Anofe and uh, Malik Blade. That would be something. Maybe um, Pretty Deadly could show up. Uh, they're still in NXT by the time this actually goes down. But talent like that, maybe talent, you know, that, like I said, that aren't really in fully on TV just yet, but are kind of starting to get some run. I think that would be a very good opportunity, you know, for this t- for these talents to actually get some run. I'm just saying, it just sounds like a good time to me. You know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, you know, a Jensen, what was it? Uh, was it Briggs and Jensen? No, it's not Briggs and Jensen. Brooks and Jensen. No, that's Brooks and Jensen. Holy sh... Forgetting my tag teams already. But yeah, Briggs and Jensen. Maybe that would, um, you know, maybe seeing Chase U, maybe seeing a Grayson Waller, maybe seeing uh, a J.D. McNona, maybe seeing Joe Gacy and, and Schism over there, you know, an Odyssey Jones, uh, you know, in the share. Who knows? I think the opportunity is there for NXT to be, as long as we don't see scripts on that bitch, I'm good on that. I know, Reggie, this is your gimmick, but fam, your gimmick is mid as fuck. I hate to say it, Pimpin. Um, but that's between, you know, he and I, and uh, probably just a one-sided, you know, beef that, anywho, I'm just saying personally, this is a good opportunity for NXT to do the damn thing. And hopefully, hopefully, if Ivy Nile does well in reality of wrestling, this will become more of an occurrence and you will see more NXT talent in outside promotions, which I think personally helps build bridges and brings in talent into WWE. Use your brains. It makes all the sense in the world with that. So that's going to conclude a little bit of the news of the week. But when we come back, y'all know what time it is. We're going to talk NXT Vengeance Day, y'all. We're going to have some fun with this one. We're going to talk about all the matches that went down. My thoughts on the show as a whole. Who was the MVP? What was the match of the night? What was the worst match of the night? Yes, unfortunately, we're going to have to pick one. It'd be like that sometimes. But we're going to talk about all that on the other side of episode 351 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Mr. Fretz of the Fretzelmania podcast, and you must be kicking off your weekend in proper YLP fashion by listening to the Young Lions perspective on Russell Attic Radio, the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. With episode 351 of the YLP Podcast, and y'all know what time it is. But before we get into the festivities, may I make sure I do a plug at least. And make sure I talk about the rest of the Wrestle Addict Radio Familia. Make sure you check out the Kings of the Rings Podcast every single Wednesday. Of course, y'all know, if y'all didn't know, and now you're about to know, Kay Murphy is now on a Legends contract, as she has, um done very well with the Trevor Project and actually actually has a promotion. Um, and of course, we want to congratulate Kay on their continued success. I am so proud of you, Kay, for doing what you do and keep doing the damn thing. And we hope to see you from time to time. But of course, we still have King Ricky Rose, our lovely general manager, and Will Tara Shook, aka Willie T, taking it down and bringing it back home. 
every single Wednesday night. Of course, make sure Tuesdays you check out the Brace for Impact podcast with my homie Nate, the effing great, talking about all things impact and bringing it back to the old good episodes of Impact Wrestling. But make sure you kick off your weekend in proper Fretzelmania fashion every single Friday. Well, unfortunately, uh, there will be no. There was no episode um, yesterday. Um, he is under the weather just a little bit. Get well soon, brother Fretz. Get well soon, my guy. Um, but next Friday, he will be back with a brand new episode of the Fretzelmania podcast. That's every Friday, kicking off your weekend. And then you got me on Saturday. So uh, make sure you check out the rest of the family of Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. And don't you dare forget it. Let's get into talking about some. NXT Vengeance Day. Now, for those of y'all who may have not uh, listened to me before, if this is your first soiree with us here in the YLP realm, first and foremost, welcome. Um, we do have juicing cookies and other hors d'oeuvres um, as we are here. But this is this is this is like my kind of thing. I love talking about pay-per-views uh, or premium live events, as they like to call it. But that's a that's a whole different story for another time. But um, NXT Vengeance Day. Um, this was. On paper, when you looked up and down the card, of course, you're going to see, you know, a couple things. Hayes versus Cruz 3 in two out of three falls match. That was going to be the interesting one. Breaker versus Waller in the main event. Um, Steel cage match for the NXT Championship. Roxanne Perez going up against both members. Well, now, no longer. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane in a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship. The Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match for the NXT Championship looks very, very promising. And, of course, the Women's Tag Team Championship on the line as well with Katana Chance and Kaden Carter defending against Fallon Henley and Kiana James. I have to say, this is a this was a very... When NXT announced that Vengeance Day was actually going to go on the road again for the first time since pretty much like three years ago... Um, I believe NXT, I believe that show sold out pretty darn quick too, if I'm not mistaken. And it was a very, very big opportunity for NXT to show up and show out for the good people of Charlotte, North Carolina. I think honestly, from beginning to end, even with the intro from Charlotte Flair, which honestly made sense because she's from North Carolina, um, and of course the, the daddy of uh, woo, Mr. Rick Flair himself, but. From beginning to end, this was a show that was nonstop. This was a show that was really, really fantastic. I honestly believe that this is this is a really this was a really good showing from NXT, especially now that we're heading into WrestleMania season. Going into LA, of course, stand and deliver. This was fantastic. I was very happy about this show, and honestly, <laughs> a lot of things. A lot of good things actually happened out of this. Now, personally, I went six and zero, six for six in my picks. I didn't post them on Twitter or anything, but I went six for six. Um, I did post it on the Instagram post somewhere. Went six for six. I'll take it. Um, I actually went five for five in the Royal Rumble too, not to brag or anything, but that was just a low key prediction for myself. So eleven for eleven on the year um, in pay per view picks so far, and uh, I know that's going to end very very quickly by the time we get to Elimination Chamber. Um, which I believe is next week. I may be wrong. Hold on, let me check the pay-per-view schedule real fast before we continue on with this excursion as we discuss NXT Vengeance Day. Let me see. Elimination Chamber. Do, 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 do. 
Yep, next Saturday. So basically, next Saturday, we're doing Elimination Chamber preview and predictions as well. So keep that in mind uh, for next week. Just do a little note there. But, um... Vengeance Day. The development of NXT as we go into further into 2023, especially now that we're in WrestleMania season, I think this was a very good showing for them, a very first opening uh, act for 2023 shows. Of course, the biggest thing that came out of this, Braun Breaker retaining the NXT championship, but not that only that, we are now going to get him versus him in LA. And by him, I, I mean, if you haven't figured it out at this point, I'm talking about Carmelo Hayes. Not only sweeping Apollo Crews 2-0, but basically making his case as now the number one contender for the NXT championship. And this couldn't have played out any better. I mean, honestly, the match between Hayes and Crews was damn good. I mean, 23 minutes, longest match of the night too, by the way. This was damn good. And Hayes and Crews have such good chemistry um, with each other. I mean, I could watch them go... Pretty much, I mean, this could be a feud for this could be a feud forever, and I would have I would never get tired of it. Um, but Carmelo Hayes now has won the series two one. They now he's won the trilogy, and now he's going to move on and uh, gun for the NXT Championship, which makes all the freaking sense in the world. We've been anticipating this matchup between Breaker and Hayes for some time now, and a lot of us have been waiting with bated breath for Braun Breaker's uh, call up to the main roster. And I think. Basically, what this what this says is Carmelo Hayes it's Carmelo Hayes' time in NXT to become the top guy in the company, and he is that guy. He, I mean, that's not to say Braun Breaker isn't that dude because he is that dude, but we're all anticipating the coronation of Carmelo Hayes. Because think about it, he's already won the Cruiserweight Championship, unified that with the North American Championship. And winning the NXT Championship is a nice little triple crown there. Um, he hasn't won a tag team title yet. I don't think he and Trick Williams are gunning for the championship, which is perfectly fine. Because they ain't no way they're going to get past Gallus and take those titles. Just putting that out there. But, Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker is going to be a very highly anticipated match on April 1st. It is something to behold. That we are going to see two guys at the peak of their game right now in NXT. And honestly, two guys I am a huge fan of. Um... Hayes and Breaker, and I think this is going to be a fantastic feud whenever they decide to start that. I'm thinking they'll probably start that maybe in a couple weeks, um, especially during March uh, as we get closer and closer to WrestleMania. But we did see, of course, after Breaker retained his championship against Grayson Waller, Hayes comes out, points right at Braun Breaker. They take a look at each other, and y'all already knew what time it was. That's the big story coming out of this, is that Hayes versus Breaker is going to be your main event of Stand and Deliver on April 1st. We already know this to be true. There's no hiding it. You can't get past it. There's nothing that can be done about it. We are just going to enjoy this feud between Hayes and Breaker. Two guys, honestly, who are at the top of their game in NXT right now. And they're just getting started. So that is the big thing coming out of this. Um, What I also enjoyed... What the hell was that? What I also thoroughly enjoyed was the fact that, you know, Dabakato makes his return. Not Commander Aziz of old. Dabakato turning on Apollo Crews. Shocking? Quite. Coincidence? I think not. 
But it is good. It is already good to see that you know Cruz already has his next feud lined up against his former commander, his boy. Honestly, that actually cost him the match, uh, being distracted by the return of Dabakato after he attacked uh, Trick Williams, who was trying to hit Cruz with a steel chair. But um, Dabakato turning on Apollo Cruz, man. Did not see that one coming, but I can understand. This is kind of the next feud where Apollo Cruz moving forward because now in terms of number contendership, he's pretty much out of it, going to be out of it for a while. And uh, if he wants the NXT championship, more than likely he may have to get past Carmelo Hayes to do it. But I'm not calling my shot just yet. I'm just saying the possibility of Hayes becoming NXT champion is right there. But it is really nice to see that, you know, even Grayson, even the match that between um, Breaker and Waller, um, the main event was actually pretty solid. I mean, Waller is a heel, and he's a damn good one at that. And even getting suspended for a week after his uh, nonsense with Shawn Michaels uh, during the press conference was absolutely mwah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, Grayson Waller is still going to be in the fold there. I don't think it'll be. I mean, honestly, gunning for the North American Championship wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Grayson Waller moving forward. But we will see how that goes down the line. Speaking, though, of the NXT North American Championship, I'm just going to, we are we are clapping. We are clapping. We are clapping. Why are we clapping? Mr. YLP. Well, actually, Mr. YLP is dead. Um, why are we clapping, Zach? Why are we clapping for Wesley? We're not just clapping for Wesley. We're clapping for Wesley and Dijak. We're clapping for both of them. This match was the perfect choice to kick off Vengeance Day. These two, I mean, of course, the David versus Goliath whole spiel makes sense. I get it. It works. It always works. But these two really did a really good job opening up this show and really put everything into that match. I was so proud of them Um, after the match ended. I was just... I was a proud boy. Not not those. Not those proud boys. I was a very proud boy. And we gotta start giving Wesley his flowers. Let's keep it let's keep it a stack. We need to start giving Wesley his flowers. A lot of people were concerned about what happened with um Zachary Wentz uh, after the whole situation with Kim, uh, Kimberly uh went down. And apparently that uh come to find out it wasn't true with Kimberly, so yikers on that one. If you if you know, you know. But it's a lot of people were concerned about Wesley and you know how he may have gotten may have gotten lost in the shuffle um, after MSK pretty much died out. Um, and which I which you know in my honest opinion they were one hell of a tag team and I really wanted to see more of them in NXT, but that wasn't the case and that was unfortunate that we don't get to see them no more. But a a we got to keep it moving. But for Wesley to be able to not only get into his groove, get into his bag and become North American champion and seeing that NXT had the confidence, had really had the uh, vote of confidence for him to become North American champion. And then the match he put on with Dijak solidifies everything they did in choosing and making the choice to make Wesley their North American champion. Wesley and Dijak Absolutely killed it from beginning to end. There was no stopping. There was high octane from jump. I mean, Wesley is a baby face you can definitely believe in. And Dijak is honestly Dijak's gimmick is pretty sweet. I mean, he looks he looks he looks badass. He looks a lot better than he did as fucking T Bar. 
may we never see that ever again. Um, personally, I would have loved to see uh, Donovan, uh, you know, Dominic Dijak. I would like to see that gimmick come back into the fold. But the way they're presenting Dijak now kind of gives me Sin City vibes. And if you've never seen that movie, A, watch. B, enjoyable. C, watch over and over again until you get bored of it. And then watch it again. Um, but I just love this. I love the way he looked. I love the way he, you know, he came out. It just really gave Sin City vibes to me uh, with Dijak's look. And he looks every bit of the part as he needs to. Excuse me. It was fantastic to watch. This match was just... Mm. Mm. It was a very wonderful. If this was if this show was a six course meal, this was a very wonderful um, soup or a nice little appetizer to kick off the festivities. It was just like maybe a bit nice, you know, a nice little one biter, maybe two three biter uh, appetizer. But man, did these two really just absolutely just absolute banger it was a banger it was a absolute grade a 100 percent banger to kick off nxt vengeance day i really want to start saying takeovers again but we're not going to do that right now unless they start doing takeovers um no takeover just yet but yeah very very solid opener i enjoyed this i mean this it has replay value all day long i mean the entire show does personally but um yeah just Mm, so good that's how you do it that's how you open a show that is how you open a show and nxt honestly when it comes to their booking of shows especially when they're doing live events on the road they are not going to skimp on um good matches um they have been more more often than not consistent in you know kicking off the show properly and this was the right choice to start off saturday night let me get into the women's championship scene for just a moment. Arzen Perez, still your NXT Women's Champion after defeating Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, formerly of Toxic Attraction. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. This is actually a really good triple threat. Really, really good triple threat. And especially now, usually um, when tag teams are involved in a triple threat match and knowing they are going to have to go against each other, we already know at some point they're going to have to go, you know, one-on-one with each other. It happens. But Dolan and Jane did very well uh, to not only go against each other, but then be able to come back together for the bigger cause, which was trying to win the NXT Women's Championship away from Roxanne Perez. That was the goal. I mean, Perez had taken the championship from their homegirl, Mandy Rose, uh, before she got released from the company because, you know, she wanted to have she wanted to have her uh, stuff on a bootleg only fans. But we ain't talking about that right now. But I'm just saying that was a thing. WWE said, um, take him down. She said, nah, fam, I'm good. And she was like, and they were like, you know what? You're fired. But she's still making bang off that shit. But um, honestly, a lot of people, of course, it was something you had to expect with uh, Dolan and JC Jane. Because at some point, you know, even as a tag team and you're running for the Chingles championship, you're going to do everything in your power to try to get that championship. Even if it is for the greater good of the team itself. Um, but this was actually a solid women's, uh, championship match. I don't think it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And of course not. Um, that goes to Bailey and Sasha Banks to me is the greatest NXT women's, uh, women's, women's championship match ever in the history of ever. Cause that still holds weight. And the way they went about it was just fan fucking tastic. But anywho, I like this match. I really like the, uh, the way they actually were able to 
have Perez being a two-on-one situation, going after having to go after both of them, Dolan and Jane trying to take her out. Then we got to see Dolan and Jane go against each other, which was very, very nice. Very good sequences of, you know, from all three of them, honestly. Then those two being able to come back together when Roxanne Perez was trying to go after them. And then in the end, it was just a little, you know, Perez just had enough space to, to get Gigi Dolan out of the way. Put it through the table, hit Super Pop Rocks, and get the victory to retain the Women's Championship. Now, of course, after um, Dolan and Jane lost their chance to become um, women, uh, the Women's Champion, of course, they were on Bailey's talk show, Ding Dong Hello, this past Tuesday, where Jane broke up Toxic Attraction for good with the old barbershop treatment. Uh, for those of you who may not know, let's take our minds back to uh, a, a simpler time. Uh, early 90s, maybe late 80s, if you will. The Barbershop. The moment where Shawn Michaels broke up the Rockers. <sighs> what a moment. Putting his boy through the damn window of the Barbershop. But in this case, Jane put uh, tried to put Dolan through the fucking door of uh, Ding Dong Hello. And then... Uh, through to the door. Then it's the kick to the face region. Jane is a heel. And Dolan looks to be the babyface going forward. Maybe. Maybe Dolan and Jane will probably have a little something-something at stand in the liver uh, in a matchup against each other. Maybe they'll have it in the next couple of weeks on NXT. We'll have to see. But here's, what I, here's why I'm a little bit concerned. It's because... When it comes to a team like Toxic Attraction, when it comes to a stable like Toxic Attraction that now had lost its leader because of shenanigans, um, and then having Dolan and Jane having to go against each other, now it, it hurts my heart because this was a team that was basically primed and ready to go up to the main roster as early as like late last year. You know, with the, with the Women's Tag Team Championship Tournament, uh, I believe number contendership, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, Dolan got injured. They weren't able to compete. And I thought that was, I mean, as we saw it now, that was their pretty much last chance to kind of get some glory as a tag team within it. And it kind of hurts my heart because of the fact that the Women's Tag Team Division on the main roster is still kind of mid. Actually, it's not even mid. It's kind of, it's below mid, if we're being brutally honest. And, I mean, yes, damn it. I mean, I don't even know who the whole fuck holds the Tag Team Championships right now. Damage control. And then you got Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. They're their thing now. And I mean, my case for, you know, merging the two divisions together for the ladies still holds weight, honestly, if you're looking at it as a whole, because that would help the tag team division. But, um, Dolan now, Dolan and Jane now are going to be going their separate ways. And the only reason that hurts my heart, because I know that could, this could have been something really big, but not only the, Women's division, singles wise, depending if they went on, if probably we're going to SmackDown um, and doing the damn thing with Mandy Rose gunning for the SmackDown Women's Championship and the uh, and Dolan and Jane gunning for the Women's Tag Titles, that would have been a thing. And I think honestly, had everything gone down the way it should have went down, all three of them would have been holding some gold at some point, the same way they did in NXT. That is unfortunately not going to be now, and both ladies are going to be going their separate ways, with Dolan more likely being a babyface and Jane being the heel. 
if I had it, if I had it my way, honestly, Dolan can go to SmackDown, Jane can go to Raw, and we can go from there. It just really hurts my heart to see that this team had such promise, this stable had such promise, and because of outside nonsense and entities, um, this group is now done for. It's it's a very sad moment uh, for yours truly, who was a, who actually war- uh, started warming up to Toxic Attraction, especially as someone who is, you know, constantly criticizing Mandy Rose um, upon her return to NXT, but really made something out of it. And I'm damn proud she did the damn thing because she proved me wrong and shut me up. It'd be like that sometimes, but it's really stinky that uh, this group, this two, this duo will not be going forward into the future. Cause honestly they need fucking tag teams. If you're going to do a woman's tag team division, you need tag teams, not make shit shit because it's Tuesday, but I, I ain't in my, I ain't in my angry bag right now. But let's go over to the uh, tag team division for the ladies. Longest reigning tag team champions. Well, former longest reigning tag team champions. Katana Chance and Caden Carter losing to Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Um, I'm surprised they actually did it. I'm surprised they actually made the call to actually have Henley and James win the tag titles. I'm not going to lie. I was shocked. Um... I made that pick in jest, um, thinking Chance and Carter would probably retain and then probably lose it at uh, Stand and Deliver. But they didn't, though. They, I mean, Henley and James, of course, are pretty, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, and if I am, please leave a voice message, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective. Henley and James were beefing because James wanted to buy Henley's family's bar and then somehow became besties and all that good shit. Henley and James actually look good as a tag team. Not going to lie. They look solid as a tag team. They look really, really solid as a tag team. And, you know, with more seasoning, more marinating over time, I think they could be a top... Uh, they are the top tag team, in, uh, women's tag team in NXT. But, um... With a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning, uh, more you know reps in the ring, I think this team could become something. I'm not saying they're going to be the longest reigning women's tag team champions in NXT history. Actually, in women's tag team history, period. Um, with, I believe, like 187 days um, from Chance and Carter uh, to that point. But, may, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And... This match was actually, I mean, for the, for the nine minutes and 20 seconds they were given, they made it feel like a 15-minute match. And that's all you want. This wasn't the greatest match in the world, but hey, it was, it was. I mean, it was right after Wesley and Dijak. They were in the dead spot. But you know what? But the funny thing was, it didn't feel like a dead spot match normally would um, after a match you see like Wesley and Dijak for the North American Championship. They did good. They they did what they were supposed to do with Kiana James holding Carter's legs down long enough for the three count and Henley finally getting the women's tag team championship that she was going for with Kiana James. Now with James cheating to win and Henley kind of still, you know, being the baby face that she is, she doesn't want to cheat to win. She wants to do things the right way by the book. And I'm sure over time, Kiana James is going to probably teach us some things and just be like, hey, if we're going to be tag team champions, we're going to have to do a little shady shit in order to keep these belts around our waist. I think these two have promised they're up and coming, uh, you know, members of the division. And of course, Henley, you know, being with uh, Brooks and Briggs and Jensen, um, you know, with that team, you know, it's, she's already got a little bit of shine going and Kiana James is an up and coming talent. So I think this may work out a little bit better than I'm hopefully thinking some people may think. 
As far as Chance and Carter go, we expect the rematch to go down somewhere between now and Stand and Deliver. We know this. But I think now their call-up to the main roster is pretty much imminent. And I'm excited for these two. This is a tag team that initially I was kind of, I wasn't sour on them. I was kind of concerned, um, especially when Casey, formerly known as Casey Cannizzaro, um, and these two came together. But they really made themselves into a proper babyface tag team for the women's division. It's a beautiful thing to see when you see it organically. And to see these, especially with Cannizzaro, uh, former Ninja Warrior talent, um, for those of you who may not know, uh, to see these two really come and gel and come into their own, they really do well together as a tag team, and there's no shame in their game for losing the titles. Um, as I always say, they just got caught. It'd be like that sometimes. But I think this is a tag team, once they go up to the main roster, I think this is a tag team that can really make some waves in the women's tag team division. And honestly, I'm going to put this out there, and I don't know if it's going to be legit or not, but you know what? I'm going to run with it anyway. If, this is a huge, huge if, if Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler compete against Damage Control for the Women's Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania, I could honestly say these two could be the team to take the titles off of Rousey and Baszler. I really do think that. I personally think that, and I see that to be true. Um, they, I mean, they're well liked in, in NXT. Crowd goes bonkers for them every time they actually go in the ring. And uh, I think this is a tag team that has legs. And with the way I think WWE really needs to shift this, they really need to start focusing on, on the tag team division for the ladies if they're going to take the division seriously here in 2023. If that's the case, then you have three legitimate tag teams in the division with Damage Control, Baszler and Rousey, and Damage Control. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just now you get to build off of those three. Maybe you can make them cornerstones of the division and make something good out of this. This is something, I mean, NXT is doing decently with this. They're doing solid with this. Um, but let's make less makeshift tag teams, more organic tag teams that come together. You know, Henley and James, we'll see how they go, how it goes with them in their title reign as far as it goes with them. Um, expect Chance and Carter to come up to the main roster in, uh, in uh, mid-April. when they do, If they do decide to do the WWE draft right after WrestleMania, I expect them to be called up to the main roster. I think it's going to be their time. I think they go to SmackDown. I think these two really do some do some things. I think they can make some waves. I think they can make it happen. I can see them being WWE Women's Tag Team Champions somewhere in the near future. Finally, in terms of the card itself, Gallus, my boys, Gallus boys, finally are your NXT Tag team champions, and I, for one, am quite pleased that to see uh, Mark Coffey and Whoop Gang back in the fold, and I can't wait to see Joe Coffey get back into the fold as well because a Joe Coffey Carmelo Hayes NXT Championship match just sounds ever so delicious. But anyway, it was cool to see the New Day as NXT Tag Team Champions for a hot second, you know. Just to kind of like get them, get the teams over, facing Pretty Deadly, taking the titles off them. And we already know Pretty Deadly is going to be pretty much going to be called up very shortly. Um, probably after WrestleMania as well. Expect that. I don't know where, but I expect them to be called up as well. But I think Gallus was the right call. A lot of people I know, I saw on, you know, social media were talking about Chase, you should have won it. You know, reaction from them was good for Chase, Hudson, and Thea Hale. But the way I saw it, Gallus was the right call. Gallus was the 
correct call in the swing of things because of the fact that you need heel tag teams to hold gold. You need them. You need them more than ever. Let's keep it a stack, people. But that's the thing. That is the thing, if we're being honest. Gallus winning the tag team championships was a long time coming. It really was. It was a long time coming. It was something to behold, and I'm quite happy that they are holding the tag team championships. Um, I don't like their new theme song. I'm personally not a fan of it, but it'll probably grow on me with time. But honestly, Gallus boys, throw them up and cross your arms and stand in proud of them. I am proud of them for winning this tag team championship. The match itself was actually fun to watch. Um, very different styles all in the ring. I'm actually, I mean, you know what? I'm not even gonna lie. I'm actually starting to be a fan of Pretty Deadly too. Um, especially when I talked about them in NXT UK a little bit. Um, I forgot exactly what I called, what I called them. I made fun of them for some, I was like joking with them, like joking about them on something, but man, Pretty Deadly is actually going to be a pretty good tag team in the main roster. I'm not going to front Prince and Wilson. They got something. They got something going. They give me John Morrison vibes, which I'm always a fan of. Um, I think they can really do some things in the main roster. I think I really do think these two, you know, they're they really good in the ring. They have very good chemistry together. If you saw them in NXT UK, you know exactly what I'm talking about with these two. They were fantastic. And I was very, very happy with, you know, all four teams, actually, even the New Day. Because, you know, when I see talent, you know, from the main roster go down to NXT, um, it's not, it's usually kind of out of place. You know, maybe like a Bailey segment was actually good, but sometimes it feels out of place um, seeing them out there. But the New Day seemed like they fit right in with NXT. They really did. And I was very proud of them because of that. Mm. But I will say this, though. Chase University. I was very, very low on them in the beginning in the beginning stages of this because i mean don't get me wrong i do love me some andre chase a uh, formerly known as harlem bravado for those of y'all who do not know um in the indies andre chase started off of course doing the vignettes shitting on people in his class and this became something of just wow then realizing duke hudson became part of the team i was kind of surprised but they really didn't have anything for him to do and i think he fits right in very well with chase university um Thea Hale there, that's actually a pretty cool thing, you know, having her be in the fold there. Um, she's crazy. Um, but we, but it's cool, you know, that's just the character. You know, Thea Hale, I think, will do, will do, hopefully become something uh, with, I mean, she's a very good character with Chase University, fits right in with the whole scheme of things. Um, I think Duke Hudson actually really showed me something in this matchup. I think I was very proud to see Duke Hudson actually, you know, not being that, you know, asshole. That he was during the whole uh, Indy Hartwell um, shit with Dexter Loomis and all that. That was bad. That was very, very bad. Let's just, let's just keep it 100. It was very, very bad. We're, gonna, we're not going to talk about that. Um, but yeah, Dallas boys, tag team champions. You love to see it. And I think it was the right call. I know a lot of people were probably saying, Chase, you should have won it. But Gallus winning it just makes sense because maybe, just maybe, Chase University guns for them and actually takes the titles off of them. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? 
Well, let's get into the award segment of the program, as we always do, usually with every pay-per-view. I don't think we did it last week with uh, the Royal Rumble, but hey, bees what it bees. But let's get into Match of the Night. Who earned Match of the Night? Honestly, there's, there's a couple of them. A couple of them really do good, and a couple that make sense. But I'm going to go with Wesley and Dijak on this one. I think a lot of people were saying Instant Classic immediately after this match went down. WWE said Instant Classic. I was seeing it all over social media. This was good. And I believe this was actually uh, Wesley's first defense of the championship, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Could be wrong. But this was a really, really good match. I mean, you can easily say Hayes Cruz was damn good, too, because they... But uh, I think for me personally, Lee and Dijak, that's how you open a show. If you're in the opening act, you want to make sure you set that bar for everyone else to follow. And Lee and Dijak did just that. Especially, and I forgot one bit of a uh, little bit of a piece there, uh, with Dijak at the end crashing into Tony D'Angelo and Stax. And uh, D'Angelo pushing Wesley out of the way. Uh, was crucial in Wesley retaining the championship. Um, so you probably will see some Dijak, Tony D'Angelo action in the future. Would be a good match to see. But I mean, honestly, Wesley and Dijak. I mean, you can make the case for Hayes and Cruz. You can make the case for Breaker and Waller. You can make the case for the uh, Women's Championship match. But for me personally, match of the night to me, Lee, Dijak, watch it, live it, enjoy it, love it. And enjoy it again, all over again. Worst match of the night. Should there be a worst match of the night? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say there is a worst match of the night. And it is unfortunately the Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, when you get put in the dead spot, more often than not, you're going to be chosen as worst, as match of the, the worst match of the night. Not, that's not to say that was a, it was a bad match. But overall, in the grand scheme of things, this would be sixth on my list in terms of matches I've really enjoyed. Uh, for me, it would be Lee Dijak, Hayes uh, Cruz and um, the women's triple threat. I think I would actually put in third, yeah, and then Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller behind that. As I'm to say, this wasn't a bad match. It just happened to be in a dead spot, and um, the crowd felt kind of deflated after Henley and James actually won the tag team champ, women's tag team championship. Not gonna lie, but uh, this for me it was a it was a decent match. Unfortunately, this was sixth in my personal voting in terms of that. So worst match tonight, unfortunately, to Fallon, Henley, Kiana, James, Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter. I am so, so sorry, but just wasn't enough to get out of the bottom. Which leads to the MVP of NXT Vengeance Day. Plenty of options. Plenty of options. But there's only one, one person that, in my mind, unanimously de- unanimously deserves to have the MVP of NXT Vengeance Day, and his name is him. Carmelo Hayes is my MVP of NXT Vengeance Day, and I'm gonna tell you what. Not only did he defeat Apollo Cruz two nil, but he put on a damn good performance. We're talking about just singular performance. Hayes is that dude. And he will be that dude come April 1st, 2023. I'm not banking. I'm not saying put the stamp on it just yet. 
but my my whole mind, body, and spirit is just telling me. And honestly, if you're if you're being really smart and and you know your shit with when it comes to professional wrestling, let's keep it a stack. Hayes is next. Hayes is him. Hayes is going to be NXT champion come April first, twenty twenty three. I'm not rubber stamping it just yet. I'm not putting the YLP stamp on it just yet, but it's right there. And in the grand scheme of things, though, Hayes has been on one hell of an ascension ever since he came into the fold in NXT, man. I mean, think about it. 2021 breakout star of the year. Competed in war games and won NXT war games. Unified the North American and Cruiserweight Championships. I mean, the dude has done a ton for the black and gold. And honestly, I cannot wait to see what they do between now and April 1st when Breaker and Hayes Meeting that ring for the NXT Championship, it is going. I'm telling you, this match is going to be. That match is going to be a ooh wee. That's a banger. About right now, Carmelo Hayes, I think he is just on a tear. Him and Trick Williams, man, they they just they, they go together like peanut butter and jelly, y'all. They really do. They really, really do. And um, I'm very, very happy to see Hayes because I'm a big fan of uh, Carmelo Hayes, especially uh, formerly known as the uh, man known as Christian Casanova. For Limitless Wrestling, um, we actually, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, we actually sponsored uh, his match in the main event um, before he lost the um, Limitless World, Limitless Wrestling World Championship. Um, I'm trying to think, hold on, let me see who he lost. I'm trying to think, remember who he lost that to. Limitless Wrestling World Championship. Because I remember he was champion at the time. It wasn't Daniel Garcia. It wasn't that. trying to think hold on let me see let me see let me see holy shit ace romero runs it holy shit that's awesome that's great i love to see it that's fantastic daniel garcia was the one i took it off of him because yeah garcia casanova was the was the matchup um back in may uh march 19th 2021 i do remember we actually um sponsored his uh last match um in Limitless Wrestling before he came up to he came to NXT, um, which was a great moment. I didn't even know I barely knew who this dude was, but a lot of people were. Uh, I was I was getting told I had some sources um, telling me that this guy is, is is next up. And then of course losing the championship to Daniel Garcia, of course uh, before he went to NXT, and um, he did damn well. He did damn well. Um, it was just very cool to see it, and I'm very proud of him from where he was in Limitless uh, to where he is now in NXT. It is night, it's not even night and day. It's just an evolution of who Carmelo Hayes is now. And I still can't believe Ace Romero is the fucking Limitless World Champion. I can't believe Alec Price held the championship for 315 days, but we ain't talking about that right now. But, um, and I mean, the only reason I am, you know, down for Limitless World Champion World Championship is because Limitless Wrestling is from Miss YLP's home state of Maine, which is as near and dear to my heart. Uh, the town of Yarmouth, not so much, but you get the point. But from where he was in Limitless, you know, competing in Maine to where he is now competing in Charlotte and where he will be in L.A., Hayes is simply your MVP of NXT Vengeance Day. And I cannot wait to see how Hayes and Breaker are going to be coming to the road to face each other um, for the uh, NXT Championship. I am so proud of, honestly, both of these guys, Hayes and Breaker. If it wasn't going to be Hayes, it was going to be Breaker. 
Um, possibly Wesley uh, would would have gotten a little a couple votes with my consultants. But seriously, Hayes is the MVP of NXT Vengeance Day. And that is going to conclude episode 351 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we'll close out the show as we usually do in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 352 where we will be discussing Elimination Chamber. Stay tuned. Be right back. guys that's gonna be it for episode 351 of the ylp podcast as always i want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day your night your afternoon and your evening wherever you may be wherever you are in the world thank you guys so much once again for checking out this episode of the podcast and as always I greatly and truly appreciate it. Let's get into particulars, shall we? If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about this episode or any of the other 350 episodes of the YLP podcast, do not hesitate to hit your boy up with a voice message over at anchor.fm slash perspective. And also, don't hesitate to hit me with an email over at younglinesperspective at gmail.com. I can be followed on my social media over on Twitter at YL Perspective, over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective, and Facebook page is still up. Just search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. I'm not going to go over all the usual rigmarole that I normally do because I got things to do. But, um, guys, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this episode today. And I hope you guys enjoyed Vengeance Day from last week. But what? Zach is going to be on next week's episode. Well, as y'all know now, by listening to this episode, y'all know Elimination Chamber is going down next weekend. And that means we get to do our legitimate first preview and predictions for 2023. Now, outside of the podcast, I am a perfect 11 for 11 on myself, but this will be the first legitimate preview and predictions for 2023, and I'm going to try my very best to keep count of my record throughout the year. Um, We don't know how we're going to do. I don't know how I'm going to predict this. I really, really don't. This is going to be really, it's, it's going to be a bad year. We could go under 500 for the year. We can go over 500. The goal as always, is to go over 500 every time we do predictions to end the year on an above 500 average. That is the goal for 2023, to be above 500 by the end of this year. That also goes for WWE, AEW, and NXT, as far as I'm going with the big three at this very big moment in time. We will see how all of that goes. I'm very excited to do this preview predictions. It's going to be an interesting way because, of course, y'all know Reigns versus Zayn is going to be going down in Montreal where there'll be some type of screw job there. Will it just be a beat down at epic proportions? Will Sami Zayn die in his hometown of Montreal, Quebec, Canada? But Sami Zayn is going to have the home field advantage in this matchup, and I am quite interested to see how I will predict this. It's probably inevitability of who I'm going to choose, but, 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 you never know how my mind thinks and my mind wanders and all that good stuff. But we will have fun with that. We're going to talk about all the matches. Not only that, we will be bringing back a wonderful game that we don't do as often. Excuse me. But in this case, with Elimination Chamber, we are bringing back my favorite game in the entire world, the game of process 
of Elimination, and we're bringing like a beautiful, beautiful sound, and I believe it goes a little... I want to make sure I actually queue this up and not have it, but, you know, they're on commercial, so I'm just going to talk a little bit more. But, yeah, Process of Elimination is going to be coming back for both the uh, United States Championship and the Women's Championship matchup. And uh, I'm quite excited for this because we get to bring this wonderful sound back, if you will. Ah, the sweet sounds of hell to the no is coming back. For process of elimination for Elimination Chamber 2023, I am quite excited to do all this because this is going to be a very, very fun time, uh, especially with the United States Championship and WWE Raw Women's Championships on the line. Well, not technically, but the winner will receive a Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 39. It's going to be interesting and fun to check out and uh, enjoy. Of course, at, uh, Beth Phoenix versus Judgment Day is going to be on the card as well. Um... And I'm surprised they're doing Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley when they should be doing Dominic Mysterio. But we'll talk about all of that next Saturday. Of course, other than that, y'all, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. And I will see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 352 of the YLP Podcast. See you! Also, Eagles over Chiefs. This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.